Lord, our main purpose this morning is to hear from you and what is on your heart, O oh God. pray that your kingdom come, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in our hearts, in our congregation, in our families, in our city, in our nation. That we bow our knee and submit to your will, that we may partner with you to accomplish the desires of your heart. healing power 
of God is always present among us and with us to heal physically, emotionally, spiritually, in every way. Specifically, if you have any physical ailment this morning, disease, sickness, regardless of what it is, regardless of how many times you've prayed for it, about it, or somebody prayed over you, I would like for you just to raise your hand. And I heard specifically this morning a digestive issue, and I heard Crohn's disease. If anybody has any kind of digestive issue, I want to specifically call that out. Is that that you, Gloria? Lord. What's that? Lord. Let me pray for that first, and then everybody else that has whatever it is, we're going to pray too. Father, thank you for calling out this digestive issue. And may faith arise. We speak to our digestive system. And Gloria, and Lori, whoever else raised their hand that has digestive issues. Father, I pray that they would hear specifically from you what they are to do in response for the manifestation, full, complete manifestation of their healing. So we pray and we speak to their digestive system to be whole, complete. Crohn's disease, you must leave now. Digestive system, you must respond and function the way God has created you to function. And we thank you in advance, Father. Thank you for healing us and setting us free. Glory. Glory be to God. Those others that had your hand up, Father, I pray you know exactly what is going on with their bodies. I pray for them too that faith would arise. They would hear clearly what you are speaking to them to do or not do. Maybe it's a food you need to start eating or stop eating or something that you're drinking or some behavior or some toxin you're working with. Whatever it might be, we thank you in advance too, Father, for their healing. And we speak to their bodies, all of our bodies. Respond to the Word of God. Function the way you were created to function. We speak life. Life come into every area and every system to hearts, to lungs, to internal organs, to minds. We speak life, the life blood, for life is in the blood. Your blood has been cleansed by the cleansing power of Christ Jesus and the shedding of His blood. And now His seed is in you, whole, complete, and the power of God infusing your body, come alive in every area. Cancer, you be gone. Tumors, you be gone. 
you melt away. So I heard this, the outer bands of the hurricane, the storm is among us. We must learn to fly by our spiritual instruments.
I want to speak to that for just a few minutes. So I got this picture in my mind of a very dark storm. You know, we've all seen dark storms in the middle of the day. Maybe it gets really, really dark. And and it becomes hard to see. More difficult to see what's going on, where you're at, where you're going. And I've never been a pilot. Has anybody taken pilot lessons, flight pilot lessons before? Come on, take some pilot lessons. It would help my story. But I understand, especially in flying, you need to learn how to read your instrument. I know it, there's a little correlation when I used to scuba dive that you can go deep and have uh, an issue with some oxygen and it makes you a little not really sure what's going on. I forgot the term for that. Matter of fact, you, it can be so bad, you're not even sure which way is up. And that's not good when you're scuba diving. But you're instructed and taught how to read your instruments and watch bubbles, because bubbles always go up. And so it's similar to that when it's so dark and pilots, when they're in the middle of a storm, knowing where they're at, but reading their instruments, they can tell if they're level. Direction they're going. What's around them. What's happening. And the Lord has given us spiritual instruments, so to speak. And really, what it, it's good to learn to fly by those Regardless of what's going on, whether it's a storm or not. But what is it? What, what is that spiritual instrument? There's really one main one. What's that? Yep, that's good. The Word. Yes. Sons of God are to be led by the Spirit of God. He's our main instrument. And He uses many things. Faith. The Word. Discernment. And they don't contradict one another. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Amen. And so as we all know, there's lots going on. And there's a lot to about be to be unleashed. This storm that's gonna look scary and dark. 
you know the U.S. dollar is pretty much dead. We've just not had the funeral yet. All of these fires and the stuff that's happening. I'm just going to tell you what I sense to bring us into a climate lockdown along with virus lockdown again. I mentioned it a week or so ago, and if you've been paying attention, it's happening all over. They're talking about masking and all of this stuff again. What a coincidence we have a presidential election coming up. Huh. President Trump, fourth indictment. See, when I see President Trump, what's happening to him, it's what's happening to us. Really. But God wants to lead us and guide us, navigate us. He's given us a word several years ago. He gave it to me. I gave it to the congregation. He's going to be our navigator. But to be, you know, submit to him as he navigates, we're going to have to be able to be led by these spiritual instruments. Because much of what's out here is going to contradict. That word contradict again. Distract, contradict. Even get us busy doing good things, but not God things. We have to be very, very discerning. Focused. Did somebody just say alert? Because I was going to about, you did. I was about to say that. And I thought I heard it. And be alert. Part of this is why I've been talking about faith a lot for the last several weeks. Because faith is a huge, huge part of it, right? The righteous man shall live by faith four times in the Scripture, both Old and New Covenants. That's how we are to live. It's, it's no different when we're in the middle of a storm or whether everything's going well. That's, that's our orientation to life. That we're not trusting our paycheck, we're not trusting our checks from the government, we're not trusting anything else, whether there's food on the shelves at the grocery store, whether our lights are on or not, or whether there's gas going to flow through our pipes to heat our homes this winter. That's not where our trust is. It's in Him, period. It has to be. It, it has to be. It has to be. God doesn't want us just to survive. He wants us to thrive in the, no matter what's going on, to be victorious. Also to be in a position where we can help others, not just ourselves. Habakkuk 2.4, Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, and Hebrews 10.32, all four scriptures say the same thing. What do they say? The just or the righteous man shall live by faith. No. It's, no. Habakkuk 2.4 Romans 1.17 Galatians 3.11 Hebrews 10.32 I can read them backwards too if you want. It's a, just a trick of mine. I can do it. Jesus put it this way. Man shall not live by bread or the natural alone. Right? We talked about that several times. We do live by the natural. He didn't say don't live by the natural. He said just don't live by the natural alone. 
How do we live by the natural? If I'm outside and it starts raining, I get out of the rain. I don't need God necessarily to tell me to get out of the rain. Now, I may need God if He wants me to stay out there to hear Him and He goes, no, you just stay out here. If I'm walking across the street and a truck is coming down the road, what do I do? I run to the other side or get back or get out of the way. I don't need God to speak to me, right? That's living by the natural. So we are to live by the natural, just not natural alone. But how? how what did Jesus say? By every one of your favorite words that God speaks. <laughs> no, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, if that's true, how many of you believe it is true? Well, absolutely, because it's in the Scripture and it's in red. Jesus said it. So it's true. Man is to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So what does that pre-assume? God is speaking and we have to know what He's saying. If we're going to live by every word that comes out of His mouth, we have to know what He's saying. Because Jesus did not say this, to live by every word of Scripture. That's not what He said. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Maybe a couple of you just tilted on that, or I'm not sure. But that's not what He said, right? He could have said that. He could have said man is to live by Scripture, period. It's not what he said. Every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Meaning God has said a lot of things in Scripture, but not everything in here did God actually say. He didn't say everything in here. There's quotes from the devil. Demons. There's quotes from many other men and women. It is true that it was said. But what was said is not necessarily true. Because Scripture is a history book as well as a song book, as well as poems. As it's many things. We refer to this, to the Bible, as God's Word. It really isn't specifically. There's a lot of God's words in this. Absolutely. And many Christians have been taught to live by the Bible. Which is not bad. But it's incomplete. Because Jesus said we have to live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. Which God's still speaking. He's still talking. There's so many things in here that I need I, that, that don't have answers for me. It didn't say you need to go. In, I couldn't find it anywhere. There's not even a book of Joe. You need to live in Grain Valley, Missouri. You need to ask Renee to marry you. You need to do this. It's not there. Oh yeah, in the year 2020, this is going to happen, so you need to do this. It's not there. 
So we've got to walk with him and be close to him and learn how to hear and recognize how he communicates to us, speaks us, speaks to us. There, this, the Bible's full of principles. It's true. And it's for all people in all places at all times. But that's not how God or even Jesus said to live. He said to live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. And if we have intimacy with the Father and we're walking with Him, He's talking to us every day, all the time. He's not just telling us what to do. He's communicating to us. He's having relationship and fellowship with us. He'll tell us things. Some things are simple things. He communicates. Man shall not live by the natural alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hebrews 12.2 says Jesus is the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith. It doesn't necessarily mean He wrote our faith to us and gave it. He's the beginning. He's the example of how to live by faith. He's the leader. The one who took the lead in faith. He's the perfecter. He completed. He himself completed and was the finisher of his life in faith. And he showed us. We have a living example of how to live by faith through him. Romans 14.23. Now this is an interesting passage right here. You need to sit down for this. Glad you are. Romans 14.23. Whatever is not from faith is sin. Wow. We may have more to repent of than we thought. Whatever is not from faith is sin. Man, chew on that. Meditate on that one for a little bit. Our Father is the object of our faith. All of this is review, by the way, from this series. Our Father. Father is the object of our faith. Not our confession. Not our hopes. Not our desires, wishes, and wants. But Him. He's it. Faith doesn't originate with us. Jesus being the author and the finisher. Our faith begins and ends with Him. We do not decide what we want and then exercise faith to get it. Do I need to say that again? Faith isn't magic. It's not just being positive and having a positive attitude. Faith is not saying all the right things. We are created by God to be able to trust Him. And faith is what? Trusting and having confidence in Him. Therefore, whatever He says, whether we agree with it, like it, 
want to do it, want to stop it. We trust Him. We have confidence in Him. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It doesn't say it's difficult to please Him or it's hard. It's impossible. Without faith, it is impossible. That's Hebrews eleven six. Our desire to please our Father should not be determined by how we want to please Him. Our desire to please our Father is not to be determined by how we want to please Him. Think of Cain and Abel and their offering to the Lord. They both made an offering. They both gave. One was received and one was rejected. You know why Cain's offering was rejected? It, it wasn't based on what he gave. It was based on the condition of his heart in his giving. When your heart's right, your offering's right. This is the same thing like with faith and, and the circles I came out of, of charismatic stuff and getting your confession right, saying the right thing, which borders on magic and witchcraft, by the way. Because we can train, we can control our words. I can say all the right things. And my heart not be in it. God's not looking for us to be able to say all the right things. To confess our faith just, just right. To have some kind of formula down. He's after our hearts. Do we really trust and have confidence in Him? Not just say we do and, and be positive and say all the right things and the, the formula of it. Because we can do all of that and not have faith at all. Possible. That's exactly right. When the heart's right, then the confession's right. It's not getting the confession right and stopping there. Faith is a place. It's an attitude of the heart. It's that condition that we, we just trust God because we're in a love relationship with God. And Scripture tells us that faith worketh by love. And the more you become intimate with the Father, the more koinonia, the more that you're faithful to do what He's saying, the more you see His faithfulness in it and the blessing in it. 
When you're in love, even with another person, you want to do to what? Please that person. Back to that passage. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Why would I want to please Him? Because I love Him. Why do you want to please Him? Just because you love Him. It's not out of fear of not getting what we want. It's not out of fear of missing heaven or, or something bad happening to us. That's legalistic, religious. That's death. There's no life in that. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Let's look at this again. We'll do it fairly quickly. Verse 1. Faith is the assurance. Another word for assurance is what? Substance. Faith is substance. It's something. It's not just, you know, uh, ideological or, you know, something you can't grab hold of. It's actual substance. Of things hoped for. The conviction, which is another word for conviction, is evidence. The evidence of things not seen. We don't hope for what we already have. Hope is in the future. But hope is something God speaks. It's not, it's not initiated by us. Here's such a huge point I think so many Christians get. It's like we have the desires of our heart. We have hope for something. And we have it out there in the future somewhere. And we want to get what, whatever it is that we're hoping for. And then we get our confession right. And we just say, I'm believing God. And we're standing in faith, which is not faith really at all. Bordering on witchcraft. Well, what about that scripture that says that uh, about the desire God will give you the desires of your heart? Well, God has a lot to say about the desires of your heart. And as you're in an intimate relationship with the Lord, your heart's desires are going to change. Because we also have scripture that says that if you pray according to the will of God, you shall have it. It doesn't say if you pray according to your own will, you should have it. Or if you pray according to your own will and get two or three to agree with you in it. Uh-oh. Or you confess it enough, or you fast forward enough, or you do whatever it is enough. Faith is really so simple. It's hearing what God says. It's living by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Knowing what God says and responding and doing it. That's faith. When God says to forgive and you forgive, you're living by faith. You know, when I uh, had my first encounter with God, when I was born again, he spoke to me three things. You guys have heard this. I wasn't uh, religious in the sense I'm going to church, I'm reading my Bible, I'm doing all the good things I'm supposed to be doing. No, I was in drugs, doing drugs, had drugs on me. God comes to me, loves me, and He just said three things. Go back to Missouri. I was in New York. Go back to Missouri. Ask Renee to marry you and get a job. Do you know how I lived by faith? I was living by faith and not even knowing it. I just did what He said. I did all three of those things. And you know when you're living by faith, you're living perfect and complete in Him. That just gives me chills. doesn't mean you have to know all kinds of stuff. I knew nothing but that. That was all I knew. I just had an amazing encounter. I couldn't even explain the encounter. And I just knew I had to do three things, and I did them. And I was perfect and complete in Him. 
walking by faith and not even knowing it. Didn't know what I was doing. I was just doing it. That's how simple this is. We've, We've made it so difficult. It's knowing the right thing to do. Scripture says, if you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, it's what? Sin. Faith and hope. Let me just give you a couple illustrations and then um, maybe next week we'll finish up with this this topic. Present day faithfulness leads to future day fulfillment. Present day faithfulness leads to future day fulfillment of the promise. Even, we've talked about this, even when it appears to have nothing to do, your faithfulness today, even if it appears to have nothing to do with the promise in the future. For instance, if God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you start this business, this multi-international business, but I want you to clean the toilets at New Covenant today. <laughs> which Lori has for years now. Thank you. This building is so clean because of her. <laughs> Where was I? I got off on that. I, I, tell, yeah, clean, I tell you, you know, to have a place that's clean, you know what I mean? It's, it's stuff that we, we, we notice, but we don't really pay attention to sometimes. But when it's dirty, we, we notice that. So the cleaning of the toilets has what? Nothing to do with starting this multinational, but it has everything to do with being faithful today with what God has called you because your present day faithfulness will get you to the, the future day fulfillment. So Jesus... The scripture says, where is it at? I think it's Hebrews 12, 2. It says, for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the uh, uh, right hand of the throne of God. For the joy that was set before him, that was yet future. He had to go through something to get to that joy. But it says for that joy. In other words, he's looking beyond the cross. Beyond present day suffering and trials. Because his obedience to God was going to cause present day suffering and death. But he looked beyond that for what? That hope of what? Joy that as I go through this, I'm going to be seated at the right hand of God on the throne. And I just made a way for every human being to have intimacy with God. So the hope is yet future. He endured the cross, which was faith today. Faith is now. Faith is present. He endured the cross for that future promise. Faith is going to the cross. Jesus looking beyond it. What the cross accomplished. When Lazarus, his good friend, was sick to the point of death, he receives word. Your friend Lazarus is sick. Please come. Jesus did not go immediately. Why? 
because faith caused him not to go immediately. What do I mean by that? Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. He only said what he heard the Father say. My friend is sick. We've got an emotional attachment with our close friends. Many of us would move and react without any consideration of what God's saying. But Jesus didn't. Because Jesus wasn't getting a word to go. Three days later, he shows up. And he gets complaints. If you were here, he wouldn't have died. Where's he at? God had a whole different plan. If he would have went, number one, he wouldn't have been our Messiah because he would have been disobedient to God. But that's beside the point. If he would have went and brought healing to Lazarus before he died and raised him, we'd have a completely different story. You see, we make emotional responses with that. We're so trained to do that without even thinking about it. God, what are you saying? And I'll tell you, it's, it's not easy in the midst of a, of a strong calamity or a car wreck or something serious that happened, an emergency situation. It's not easy. But if we've been training ourselves prior, it's easier. Hope was Egypt and Israel both surviving the famine. Faith was Joseph preparing beforehand. God told him to. That was faith. Sometimes God speaks to us to warn us about what's coming. He's been doing that with us for the last several years. Why? So we're ready and we're not surprised and that we can prepare ourselves beforehand. Because you don't have time to prepare in the middle of a war. When there's an emergency and something's happened, all of a sudden, you got to shut down, quit going to work, you got to put a mask on, you got to get a shot in your arm, all these things. If you're not walking in intimacy with the Lord and been walking by faith the best you can, I'm not talking about being perfect in every area. It's difficult in those situations to all of a sudden get in faith. Because the emotions, the fear, all of these things attacking, coming at us. And we're going to see some crazy things. I believe within the next, you know, probably 18 months. Yeah, not sooner. It's all ramping up. Israel had hope for 430 years that a Messiah was going to come, a deliverer, and set them free from Egypt, slavery in Egypt, and take them to the promised land. And Moses, by faith, how, why do I say by faith? Because God spoke to him. You go to Egypt and speak to Pharaoh. What did Moses do? Oh, now, wait a minute, God. Let's talk about this. Let's have a prayer meeting. Let's fast and pray for the next 12 months. 
No, Moses responded, that's faith. And you all know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. You can, you can have these high mountain experiences and emotional experiences with God, and you know exactly what God's telling you to do, and you step out and to do it, and it blow up completely in your face. That's what happened to Moses. Because we can have human reasonings, we can have all these expectations. Well, I'm going to Egypt, I'm going to talk to Pharaoh, and we're walking out of there, all of us. Didn't go well for a little while. There's a little resistance. And it wasn't just bad for Moses, it was bad for all the Israelites. Having to work harder now. That's right. And faith is not always easy. Many times it is difficult. Many times you step out, you know what God is saying, and you begin to step out and move in that, and all of a sudden it blows up. And it's very tempting to say, well, I guess that wasn't God. No, that very well could have been God. Because we have to remember this one thing above all else. Once we're born again, which is God's main purpose for every human being, once we are born again, the second main purpose He has with us is He wants to conform us to Christ's likeness. And we get formed in a crucible of fire. For faith to be genuine faith, genuine trust and confidence in God, it must be tested. What did James say? As soon as he wrote his book, count it all joy, my brethren. When you face various trials, these are, there are temptations too. For the perfecting of your faith. Faith for love to be genuine. It must be tested. We can all be in a, an atmosphere like, you know, here on a Sunday and the air conditioning feels good and the seats are comfy and we're just, you know, we're having this encounter with God and just, oh God, I'll do whatever I say, whatever. And then when it's over and you step outside and reality hits you in the face. When it's tough. Too many Christians think when, if it's God, it'll just all work out. No, sometimes when it's God, you've got to make it work out. you just got to stick with it. That's what I mean by that. I'm not talking about getting your own strength. you just got to keep at it. No, this is what God said. I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to give up. Because we need endurance. We need perseverance. Christ's likeness being built and, and worked on the in, inside of us. Living by faith is loving God and loving our neighbors. Living by faith is forgiving when we're hurt and offended. Living by faith is giving. Living by faith is being patient, kind, gentle, and all the others. Living by faith is reading, studying Scripture, praying, meeting with one another. Living by faith is getting up every, each and every day, doing what God has called you to, to do, regardless of what, how it feels, regardless of what the outcome looks like. It's being faithful. The only way I know how God determines Success is by faithfulness. Being faithful to Him. I'm done. I told you I was going to be done. I'm done. Father, thank You so much. Thank You for the gift of faith that You've given each one of us. The seed of faith. The measure of faith. God, You've given us everything. We, we didn't conjure up anything. Everything we have. Everything according to life and godliness. You've given it to us. You've given us life. 
You've given us such a great inheritance in You. God, thank You, thank You, thank You for the people in this room that were friends. We have relationship with one another, different levels of relationship. Thank You for that. Because relationships are eternal. Everything else is temporary. Thank You, Father, that we are alive on this planet at this time. That we have the privilege and honor of partnering with You to see Your will accomplished. To see Your will done. And I pray for each one of us that we will fulfill the destiny on a personal level that You have laid out before us. And when it comes time that we will take our last breath and relocate. We bless you. We honor you. For you have so honored us with your presence. The gift of life. Life eternal. We look forward for the hope of that one day. The sky will be split. And our Savior will be coming in. And your kingdom will be established. And every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ, He's King, Messiah, glory. But until then, Father, we're going to continue to be faithful with what you have called us to do, to say, and to be for your glory. Amen and amen. A few quick announcements before you run out. Two weeks from today, we're going to have our lake service at Blue Springs Lake, Shelter B, information on the foyer. Do we still need people to sign up for food? Where's Sarah? Sarah? You're always right there. Yeah, I don't know why I'm... Yeah, I think there's a couple Okay, so we, need, we still need some food items. Uh, this next weekend is Labor Day weekend. Looks like the temperature is going to get hot again for a little bit. Um, uh, my campaign's doing a parking car fundraiser. We also have the parking lot behind us to man now. They're letting us use that parking lot, so we've got a lot of space. Uh, I can still use some help if anybody would like to volunteer a couple hours one of the days. You can see me, or you can go to uh, the campaign website, nicolaformo.com. At the very top, there's a menu that says Volunteers. If you hover over that, there'll be a drop-down, and it'll show you the different events we can use some volunteers for, and it'll take you to another website called Sign Up Genius. You all following this real quick? And then you can just fill it out. It's, it's pretty self-explanatory once you get there. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being who you are. Keep being like Jesus. Amen? Bless you guys.